0: Thank you for joining us on The Coaching Podcast. As part of the SIN Network, we are passionate about equipping church planters to live out the call God has placed on their lives. Join us as we talk through healthy coaching practices and why every church planter needs one. Here's your host, Dino Sinasi. Welcome to the Church Planter Coaching Podcast today. My name is Dino Sinese, and I'm the Coaching Director for the SIN Network, and I have a very special guest with us today, Marcus Redding. Marcus is a Church Planter Catalyst in Maryland, Delaware, and uh, he also uh, is, is really heading up the coaching, and he's the coaching champion at this point there. Marcus, it is great to have you on the podcast today.
1: Dino, appreciate you having me. Looking forward to the time together.
0: Yes, and, and you guys are doing some different things in Mid-Atlantic Network with your church planter coaching, and we really appreciate your hearts. But tell us just a little bit, give us some of the backstory. How in the world did Marcus Redding get from North Carolina uh, to, to Baltimore, Columbia, Maryland, and work in the Mid-Atlantic?
1: Uh, well, Dino, my background uh, in pastoring, uh, God just blessed us early on in, uh So after building a couple of buildings, uh, we knew that, you know, it was really time to to do what Scripture says, to to go and to make disciples, not just to stay. And so we began a a multi-site model, and uh, the Lord just blessed me so much through the North Carolina Convention. And uh, uh, Mark Gray and some of those guys just gave me amazing opportunities to get to be involved in church multiplication. Uh, So we did partnerships, uh, several different partnerships uh, uh, around the states. But uh, when we found out about Baltimore, honestly, a lady had spent about 50 years uh, married a gentleman from Maryland. Uh, they had lived here their entire marriage. He passed away. She moved back to our community, and so she just began to describe to me the the need there in Maryland. Uh, so I contacted. It was it just happened to be 2013, 2014 was going to be the SBC annual meeting in Maryland, and. Uh, so uh, I went up just thinking that I would build a partnership with the church, we would do crossover, had no intention of, you know, any kind of long-term partnership, but uh, met Ron Larson uh, through that relationship. He introduced me to uh, some planters, I brought four of our pastors up, we did a vision tour and uh, adopted one of those planters, but uh, there was some transition going on with the, uh, the Baptist Convention of Maryland, Delaware during that time, and um, so that there was some gaps that, uh, you know, just needed to be filled in. One of those, uh, would be the, the coaching and training piece. And, uh, Dino, I don't know if you remember, but I honestly, uh, I, I met you, uh, that summer, uh, we bumped into each other at the annual meeting and, uh, I, I did not, you know, know the coaching piece. Uh, I had not been trained and, uh, so you kind of began to, you know, just to throw some nuggets out. Of course, I was not ready because I had no clue God was going to move us up here. So uh, the uh, 2014 convention came. Uh, we did our crossover, partnered. God began to stir me. So I went back to our church family and just basically told them, I think God will spend some time uh, in that region. So I'm going to take a day, a week, and and work on a broader scale, seeing how we can help them so long story short, I did that for about a year, and uh, um, traveling back and forth every once in a while and doing trainings. And, um, so we officially, my wife and I, we moved to Maryland, Delaware, uh, back, uh, last September, 2015. And, uh, so I came up, uh, self-funded and, um, you know, honestly, because it was so strange that God moved us, uh, I had no clue what the Lord was up to. And, uh, but the, the convention was so gracious. Michael Crawford, Ron Larson, uh, that was kind of our team. We were in, in between state execs at the time. So Michael Crawford's our S-B-O-M, and, uh, of course, Ron Larson, our Sin City Missionary. And those guys were so gracious to me and just literally handed me the reins and said, uh, you know, Mark, you do what God leads you to do. And uh, so then I got to meet you and Jamie, and... Uh, I, you know, I'd heard about your, your fame. That's really the only reason I wanted to do coaching. I, I was trying to be a, a, a Dino Jr. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but uh, in that, you guys are just so sweet to come in, train me, and, uh, and you know, God gave yeah. us 20 coaches the first round of training, and uh, it just exploded from there. It's been so amazing.
0: Yep, so really, uh, and thanks for that plug. Uh, I, you, I really didn't ask you to do that, but I but I received that if, if, if we're as the most famous people you meet, you're in trouble. But that's another story. And so, man, I love your story. I love your heart. And it's so much as I think about the whole of the sin network in North America, Marcus, you kind of epitomize that sense of of God pushing you out of a nest and moving you to a new place. And so I know uh, by walking alongside you and by hearing uh, from other people how God's used you very specifically to help, and coaching's one of those ways. Uh, So today we want to talk a little bit about how an entire system works. And uh, you guys have really taken some great steps forward in delivering great coaching to every church planter, not only in Baltimore, but throughout the mid-Atlantic area. Uh, And when we think about a system, uh, a lot of times, Marcus, we come in on the new ministry initiative of the day, the flavor of the month. Let's say it's coaching, and we say, hey, we want to train our guys, and we want to have coaching. This is so cool. This is so fun. And it lasts a few months to the first train wreck or something that goes wrong, I'll say if we would treat our cars like we treat our average ministry initiative, we'd buy a new car, take it off the lot, and when it got a flat tire, we'd leave it there. And wow. and and uh, so, but, but with coaching, it's much deeper than just the flavor of the month. Uh, God can really help a church planter uh, uh, live out their calling and pursue their unique kingdom assignment. Part of that, not all of it, but part of that is having a great coach to walk alongside them. What was driving you guys over a year ago when you said, we're going to ensure that every planter has a coach? What, what were you thinking?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, you know, the, uh, the success for us, uh, the, the phrase that we use is that we want to know the pulse of every planter uh, because, honestly, we had so many guys already on the field and uh, we, we just were not in touch. You know, we, we tried to make ourselves available, but it was, you know, very quickly made known to me uh, when, when I first moved up here and, and began to try to reach out that there was no way that we could really get the pulse of the planter without some help. And even knowing how to do that, I mean, that, you know, what do you do? Do you go try to find a bunch of guys that are planted that are just not doing anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So if it weren't for coaching, um, there's no way that we could have enabled that many people that quickly to begin to get into the lives. So, you know, th- th- there you start getting those monthly reports back uh, and not those statistical reports from the, the planters, but you're really starting to get those reports back to to get a feel for, you know, how the, the planters are doing. But it also gave us a pipeline for the planters to be able to reach back. The coach would help them, uh, you know, to, to, to kind of think more outside of just. Uh, where they are, but, you know, what resources do they have available to them to get through those barriers? So that's a word we use a lot. You know, what what what's your barrier? What do you need to do to get through it? Yeah. And, uh, so, of course, that brought them back to us with a need that we didn't even know existed. So I hope that makes sense. Uh, that yes. was really the, the picture.
0: It really does. When you talk about the pulse of a planter, and, and we actually – Use those words some now because of, of Mid Atlantic, Michael Crawford, and yourself. And we credit you sometimes, and sometimes we take credit ourselves because that's really brilliant. But uh, uh, what do you what do you really mean? What the pulse of the planter? Go, go one step deeper on that.
1: Well, I, I think the most critical thing, and we honestly we did learn this from you. Uh, that's not the only thing, but one of the most important. Uh, you know, the the statement that you make that we coach the planter and not the plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether any of us will admit it or not, uh, you know, church planting oftentimes can be like some of these 12-week courses that we take, and we finish the book, we close it, and put it back on the shelf. Uh, a lot of our planters, you know, they may know some strategies and, and those types of things, and they're critical. They're they're amazing. North, you know, I, I believe that North American Mission Board has the greatest training for church planters that exists. Uh, however, if if a if a gentleman in his personal spiritual walk, uh his marriage, walk with his family, uh, you know, so when you're getting into the, the actual personal life of the planter, um, you know, that, that's that's the beginning of that pulse. So what is their genuine heartbeat? Is it in tune with the Lord? Or are there things going on in his life that you know are just huge distractions? So when we're talking barriers. um we're not just talking about number of barriers that he's you know he's reached 25 how does he get to 50? We're, we're talking about barriers period. So his personal life I think the pulse uh, you know it begins in, in his personal walk with Christ uh, but it goes through his family. where is he uh, in in his in his need right now so that, that's Excellent. what we look at with the pulse.
0: Very good. and so we realize by working with church planters for a lot of years that it's not always the strategic barrier that's causing the problem or the next tactic they need to use to reach lost people or to create groups or to make disciples but it's the personal barriers that they have to work through as well. When you raise the, the plane and look at the spiritual warfare aspect of this, uh, I think Satan himself knows that to come against a church plant is to come against a church planter, not necessarily a church planting strategy. And so I appreciate you guys leading the way and realizing the significance of the pulse of the planter. I want to go through several questions pretty quickly, and just to kind of get a picture of what's going on in Mid-Atlantic. Tell me, how does the mid-Atlantic coaching work? You assign a coach to a planter. What does that coach do after he's assigned?
1: Okay, what we require of our coaches, what we've done this past year, and we plan to to use that again this coming year, uh, we ask them to have uh, two meetings per month. The first meeting, uh, we, we like for it to actually be face-to-face. Now, when we first started, we were adamant that it had to be that. Uh, we backed off and... We have some guys doing some amazing work, you know, through video, and I know you guys use that mostly. But uh, so they do an hour coaching session, and uh, and then we ask them to come back um, and divide the month up. Two weeks later, they come back and do a, you know, fifteen to thirty minute, uh, just kind of a look in that, that they're checking in with the, with the planner. Uh, and honestly, you know, the purpose of that is to not only you know see are their action steps, you know, are they actually working on those. But really trying to develop a relationship that, you know, really do care. I'm, I'm trying to, to build because you, you and I both know if we only talk to each other once a month, it's really hard to get close. It takes a long time. So, uh, you know, we're asking for two meetings a month from our, our coaches.
0: Yes, very good. And your coaches are executing well. Uh, what is the greatest byproduct? You've been at it a year now. So you've had two different semesters. What what have you seen? On a thirty thousand foot view, what have you seen? How's this? How's this working?
1: Well, I, I hope uh, that that what uh, I long to see is really what I'm seeing because you and I both know sometimes we want it so bad that we we almost make it reality when it's not. Uh, I really do think that there are some great relationships that planters have with coaches, and that was our dream. I mean, I, I think there's some really good trust levels and uh, camaraderie. So like when I'm listening to planners and they're talking about their coaching relationship, uh, I love to hear them say, Hey, am I going to get to keep my coach next year?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, or saying things like, man, I, I you know I've had a brand new friendship made with my coach. Uh, those are the types of things so I really do think that there's more of a trust level. Cause I'm going to be honest with you at the very beginning. If you start saying things like you're required to have a coach, um, you know, I, I'm not what I'm not sure what it is with our humanity. None of us like to hear you have to, and yes. uh, so at first, you know, it was not all smiles. That oh wow, I get a coach, uh, but I really do think that uh, the vast majority now that uh, they would say to you, "Man, it's great that I get to have a coach." I, I, I hope I'm not reading into that. I, I think that's reality.
0: Well, that's the reality that we face too. If we could make the coaching so great that no planter cares whether it's required or not, right. then we've hit the target. Right. Because it right. ultimately, even in a system as large as the SIN Network and the North American Mission Board, ultimately anything that's put in that system is intended to help and to enhance that planter living out the calling that God's given them. And so if it feels another way, then we have to look in the mirror ourselves, Marcus. You and I have to look in the mirror and say, how are we communicating? And how, how, how's our heart coming across in this? Does it sound more institutional or does it sound like, wow, this is going to be a great win for you that we provide this resource. So I appreciate what you're doing there. Tell me one thing that you've learned about coaching in the, over the last year by watching your coaches coach, watching your planters respond. What's one thing you've learned?
1: Um, I, honestly, Dino, that I, I think, uh, you know, where asking good questions is so critical Uh, good questions is you know that's more than just content uh and when i say context i'm not just looking at where is the planter in his plant. do i understand that i think it's the context of me knowing myself as a coach and and really having a better sense of who the planter is and so in the context of that there's a freedom that uh you know a great question is when i feel very free to ask it and you feel very free to answer it um and, uh, man, I, there's been times that, you know, just as a coach, uh, I had to stop and realize that, you know, man, I I even feel mechanical with this. Mm. Uh, so, I'm, you know, if I feel more nervous, am I asking this correctly? Is that the right question for the right time? And, uh, you know, spiritual warfare, you brought it up a moment ago, but, I mean, that it comes in, in so many different forms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I really do think that uh, understanding what a great question is. And uh, and making sure that you know when I try to present one, I'm not just repeating one that you gave me, but yes. is that really what the Lord's saying in the moment? Uh,
0: uh. Beautiful. Uh, I wrote this down and I'll use it again, and I'll credit you sometimes. But uh, you said a great a great question is one that the coach feels free to ask, and the planter feels free to answer. Uh, and right. so that really epitomizes the relational end of the coaching thing. It's not mechanical. It's heart to heart. And over time, right. like anything else, as as you get experience, it becomes less mechanical and more uh, driven by the right things. So I appreciate that. Uh, we have just a minute remaining. What I would like to do is ask you to speak to two audiences, uh, and some of this is uh, the same same people, but say in a sentence to a church planter, why he needs a coach.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I would just say to all of all of the planners out there that uh, you need a coach because you need consistency in someone uh, who can speak into your life and to whom you can speak uh, in freedom, understanding that you know they're they're your sounding board and they care about you and they're there to to help support you. Uh, you, you need somebody on a consistent basis, and a coach is that person for you, in my opinion.
0: Excellent. Now, we have coaches out there that are listening, and maybe it'll be more coaches than, than planters. Uh, what could you say to encourage them to keep on and and make sure that they realize that their labor is not in vain as they coach planters? But,
1: right. I, I would just say that, honestly, do not be embarrassed that uh, you know a coach is going to feel inadequate, and that's a great thing. That should drive us to be better coaches. Don't let that be a discouraging thing. Uh, so be honest and open about what you don't know or what you don't feel like you're good at. Uh, if, if your area, your region, if they're doing reviews with you the way they should, be totally honest. And, uh, you know, let's all help each other. We're going to be better together. And, uh, you know, you guys are sending some great stuff from your office, but uh, we're not really going to receive that unless we, we realize that growing is an exciting thing. It should not be an embarrassing or a discouraging thing. So I would just say, you know, not just hang in there and uh, become a better coach this year than you were last
0: year. Excellent. Great words. And that reminds me, as we wrap up in the show notes today, you'll get a link to a coaching packet. And in this packet, it's 20 pages and it has 16 guides to 16 coaching conversations. That's about a year's worth based on how we count them, but uh, this will give you some ideas too. You don't have to follow it exactly, but it'll give you some ideas what a covenant looks like, some tips for your coaching to go well, uh, how to evaluate your coaching, uh, Marcus, at the end of every conversation, and then how as a coach to create a development plan so that you can spend a year, as Marcus uh, challenged you, spend a year saying, here's three things I want to get better at as coaching. So, Uh, we're wrapping up. Hey, hope you got something out of this, Marcus. I really appreciate your heart, and I really appreciate the fruit uh, that I see in in the Mid-Atlantic because of your leadership and the leadership of many other coaches and leaders in that area. So God bless you, and until the next time, keep coaching. You have been listening to The Coaching Podcast, a resource of the North American Mission Board. Are you a church planner in need of a coach? Visit namb.net slash coaching to learn more.